Open up your Bibles. Luke chapter 4. We're beginning a series called The Price for the Glory. The Price for the Glory. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. How I many you know that the time of the Lord's favor has come? Jesus went into the wilderness, and he went in the wilderness to be tempted by the, by the devil. And he overcame the enemy every time with the word of God. It is written, it is written, it is written. After he came out of the wilderness, he turned to this word in Isaiah, and he read this out loud, out loud to the, in the synagogue to declare that this scripture was being fulfilled right before their eyes. That the spirit of the Lord has put the anointing. What is the anointing? God's power. He has put God's power upon him to set the captives free, to give sight to the blind, to proclaim liberty to the, to the captives. Amen. To preach the, good, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And when he began to speak this about the anointing of God, the power of God coming upon him. People rejected him. People, they didn't accept him. Matter of fact, they even tried to kill him right then and there. But it did not change who he was. It did not change what God had done. And he kept on proclaiming the way of the Lord that wherever he went, those that were bound, those that were, that were lost, those that were hurting, the anointing of God was upon Jesus to bring healing and deliverance to them. Everybody say the anointing. The power of God. There's a question. Where is your faith? Is your faith in wisdom of man or in the power of God? As we know that this world, they'll say one thing today and another thing tomorrow because they only could, be, they only could live according to what they see or, or feel or, or what they can measure. But we believe in the power of God. And with God, all things are possible. So by faith in the power of God, we, we serve a limitless God that's full of great power to do anything. And so our faith is not in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. The Bible says he takes the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. We don't put our faith in a box that we're only going to follow what we feel or what Science says it's possible, or what, we, what others say we can do. We follow the power of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We follow the word of God, and as the word of God declares, we believe it, and we begin to follow God's word, and we begin to see it happen in our life. Miracles take place. Lives are changed, but everything that happens is for the glory of God. Not the glory of man. Amen. The anointing 
is available to heal the world and reveal the glory of God. Everybody said the anointing reveals the glory of God. People can't see, they can't hear, they can't touch God, but they can see what he does. How someone who is sick, but it now is healed because of the power of God, they begin to believe. Someone is dead, rises up from the dead, and now he's alive again. They believe. Someone who is who's bound, addicted, and those chains are broken, not because they went to some class or course that gave them discipline, but, but they're free because of the power of God has set them free. And they become a testimony. Look what the Lord has done. He healed me. He set me free. He saved me. And people will give God glory when they see those things happen to their life. How many of you have been healed by Jesus? Do you give him the glory? Do you believe in him? Do you believe in his power? It's not because of some man or some person told you, but because you tasted and you've seen that the Lord is good. So you could give God glory for what he's done for you. How he's healed you. How, he, how he, he's directed your steps. How he was able to protect you and, and provide for you in the time of need. And so I give God praise and I give God glory. Not because I was convinced by some person's argument. But because of what God has done in my life. I've witnessed this power. I've seen his hand move. And so I give God glory for what he's done in my past. And I'm so thankful for what he's doing in my, in my future. And I give him the glory. So wherever I'm at, Jesus is going to show up because wherever I'm at, I'm bringing God, I'm giving God glory. You tell me something happened good in your life. You know, oh man, I was over there and, and this happened. And you're, the first words you're going to hear, I mean, oh, praise God. Glory to God. Uh, I got a raise. Praise the Lord. No, the, the boss gave me a raise. No, he didn't. I was sick, but I recovered. Praise the Lord. Why, why are you praising the Lord? Because he gave you the strength. He removed that sickness. He restored your body. You're still breathing. Your heart is still beating, right? That's a miracle. The praise and the glory belongs to God. Everybody say the praise. The glory belongs to God. See, Jesus had to go through a time of testing before he could step into his ministry because it, he was, as he was testing and, and he was being tempted by the devil, he was being prepared to step into his public ministry that everywhere he went, the glory of God was there. He preached about the kingdom. He preached about the goodness and the glory and the mercies of God. And people were able to be healed through the hands of Jesus as he began to declare the way of the Lord. Every time we give God glory, we are declaring the way of the Lord. And our lives are called to give God glory. That's what we're called to do. We're called to give God's glory. 
And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm working my job. Yeah, but your life is bigger than that. Your life is to give God glory. That's why you're supposed to be a witness. In other words, you need to testify. You need to tell somebody. Hit your neighbor and say, tell someone. You need to tell someone what God has done for you. And when you tell someone what God has done for you, God gets all the credit, Jesus gets all the glory, and it all belongs to him. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to him. Amen. Hallelujah. And so the anointing is available, but the anointing, the power of God in operation is there to bring God glory. And our lives should reveal God's glory. If there's any area of your life that doesn't bring, that doesn't bring God glory, it needs to change. If there's any area of your life that doesn't bring God glory, it needs to change. I was uh, speaking to a, a pastor and a friend of mine and good guy, awesome man of God. And he was sharing his testimony how he had gone through a terrible, traumatic accident. Something happened to his family. You know, he was living for himself. He was just working his job, doing the best that what he had, but really wasn't living committed to God. But when that accident happened, it shook him. He said, that day I dedicated everything unto God. And I began to serve the Lord with all my strength and all my heart. And he, he said this. He said, many people will ask me, they'll say, I want the anointing that you have. I want God to use me like he uses you. And he said, but are you willing to pay the price? Because the price is great. And I heard that. Because he went through that dramatic accident for him to stand in a place where the anointing of God could come through him and the glory of God could be revealed through his life. And I said, that's not true. You don't have to have something negative happen to you for you to serve the Lord. It was something that God turned around for his glory in your life, but you don't have to go through hell just to experience heaven. And that's what I want to talk about. The price for the glory. The anointing of God reveals the glory. And what is the price that you must pay? Because there is a price that you must pay. But it's not the wickedness from, from hell. There's really only one price that you need to pay. So that you could see, experience, and be a revealer of the glory of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Let me just share a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I've, how many of you have ever heard me say the greatest enemy of, of man is? What is it? The devil? No. The greatest enemy of man is a mirror. Because no one ever looks in a mirror to find something right about them. They always look in the mirror to find something wrong. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell my wife right now. She came into the office. Let me see what you're wearing. And I stood before her. And she looks at me, she goes, mm-mm. And she starts changing things around it. 
I don't have a mirror in my office. <laughs> Amen. But we're always finding things wrong with ourselves. And these things wrong with ourselves, we try to hide. We try to, to keep them from the world seeing them, th these things. Because we don't want what happens if others were to know who we really are. There is a price to the glory. When I was, uh, when my father passed away, before my father passed away, I was driving down the street in, in Seminole, Texas. And it was about 9 p.m. on a Saturday night. And I I'm not someone that is, that was very spiritual. I mean, I grew up in the things of God, but I wasn't, I was a viewer of it. I wasn't a participator of it. And so, yeah, that's good for my mom. That's good for my dad. That's good for that crazy lady at church. You know who I'm talking about. Sorry, I that one right there. But it wasn't for me. I would, you know, church was just more of a religious thing. I, I honored God with my tithe. I went to church on Sunday. But I lived really for myself the rest of the time. And so as I'm driving, I heard in my spirit, man, your father is with me. It wasn't with physical voice. It was just this. And I knew that my father had gone to be with the Lord. I was not saddened. I wasn't, you know, like with grief, but I had this peace that I don't even know how to describe it because God gave me peace in that moment that went like five minutes later, I got a phone call from his secretary saying that they're rushing my father to the hospital and me and my brother Carlos Jr. were in the hospital waiting to hear what the doctors had to say. I just kept my mouth shut because I already knew what God had told me. God had prepared me for the journey. But later on, I, you know, we had a, a, a great celebration of my father's life. Some of you here, some of you that are here today were there. Many people honored the life of my father. But the whole time that I was watching the festivities and all the things going on and, this, and the celebration of my father's life, the, the one thing that stood out to me, I was looking around and I began to think, who is God going to use to heal those that are hurting. Because my father was a man of faith, and anybody who had anything, they would come run to my father and ask him, Pastor Carlos, will you pray for me? And he'd pray for them, and, and then they would come back with a testimony of the miracle of what God had done. God, God used my father not just to preach the word of God, but also for people to release their faith for the things that they're believing God for. And for me, as I'm sitting there and watching, I'm thinking, who is God going to use? Because, you know, there ain't many. There ain't many great men of God, great women of God. There ain't many. And I felt this, 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 this fear, this void that there was nobody that they could run to. And, and, and you knew this man, when he prayed, something happened. You knew when he spoke, he spoke the truth. You knew that, that as he walked, it was an example of how to walk. There was not many, and I was, I felt this suffocation. I began to look at the people as in, in sadness and in a desperation. I didn't know 
where, where is that man? Where is that man of God that, they, that this community could run to? To ask for prayer. To receive miracles. For the glory of God to be revealed. Where is this man? And then slowly and softly the Holy Spirit just began to stir my heart. You become that man. thing about the glory of God, you have to lose your life to pick up his. That's the price for the glory of God. You have to lose your life to pick up his. Not my ways, but your ways. Not my life, but your life. Not my will, but your will. That's the price for the glory of God. And people will say, oh, you know, you have to go through this and that. As you surrender to the will of God, the Spirit of God will take you through what you need to go through so that your faith could be solidified in Him. So that when you stand and you speak a word, you knew it was from God and you speak with a, bold, with a boldness and an authority that only comes from heaven. Go with me to Romans. Chapter 8. See, the, the price for the glory of God is not just surrender. It's total surrender. Everybody say total surrender. Again, again, total surrender. You lay down your life to pick up his. Jesus said, greater things you do because I go to the Father. And the reason why there's greater things is because Jesus was one man. But now that Jesus has gone to the Father, he comes and lives on the inside of you, and he becomes many men. It's Jesus working on the inside of you through his spirit that lives and dwells on the inside of you. Amen? And so what we do is we surrender to God's call, and we surrender to God's uh, plan for our life, but we also surrender to God's ways of our life. The two things, we surrender to God's plans for our life, and we surrender to God's ways of living. You need total surrender in those areas for the glory of God. Total surrender. Amen? Everybody say total surrender. And that's the price for the glory of God. That's the price to be able to see someone that is broken, healed, to see the, someone who has lost, found, or someone that does not have to receive God's supernatural provision. The word and the anointing to change the world, it takes total surrender. And you might say, oh, pastor, you know, I believe that you're, you're one of God's men that God's using for this season. Yes, but you could be one of God's men or one of God's women that God could use in this season too. There's, God's not a respecter of persons. Matter of fact, he calls everyone into this life. Look at your neighbor say, he's speaking about you. See, the goal of the church is not to have one preacher carrying the mantle and revealing the glory of God. The call of the church is for the entire body of Christ carrying the mantle of the glory of God. Walking in anointing, walking in authority, where it doesn't matter if there's a preacher, a pastor, or just someone that just started turn, 
coming to church, they, they walk in the same anointing, the same power that comes from the Holy Spirit. That devils will, will listen to them when they say, get out in the name of Jesus. Because it's not our, our words, it's his words. But we have to totally surrender to his ways and his way of living. His way and his way of living. And there's a big question before I, before I, I, I read Romans. This is, this is something that keeps rising up in my spirit. Do you love God more than you love yourself? Do you love God enough to live for him? Because many people will say, well, I want to be saved, praise God. I, I, I want to be blessed, praise God. But do you love God enough to live for him? Because to live for him, you have to walk away from your life to live for him. Remember the, the rich young ruler? He had many riches. And when Jesus said, forsake it all, come and follow me. He walked away because he had many riches. But really the many riches had him. There are many people that don't want the anointing and the power of God. Because there's things that are broken inside of them that they don't want to let go. Because those things have become their idols. Those things have become their God that they truly serve. The God of self. The God of addiction. The God of, of, of perversion. The God of fear. The God of unforgiveness. The God of anger. The God of lust. Those things have become their gods. And so they serve those constantly. And they go into moments of peace with God when they get into the presence of the Lord at church. But when you leave this place, you go back right into them because that's who you serve. Look at your neighbor and say, he's not talking about me. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Now, I don't say this Understand this, wherever the tree falls, that's where it lies. In other words, whatever I preach, and it's because I'm bringing you to a place of victory, amen? And so if, if, if you know, if the shoe fits, you know, let it, let it be yours. Let it be, okay, God, deal with me today. Today, deal with me. Because I want to pay the price for your glory. I want to pay the price for your glory. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. So now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, say, I belong to Jesus. The power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads you to death. Say, I'm free by the power of the spirit. The power of the Spirit is what sets us free, amen? Verse 3, the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us. By giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Say this with me. The control of sin over my body is over. I am free because of Jesus and the sacrifice he paid for my sins. Jesus' death was our freedom. 
it was, we are free from the control of sin. The Bible talks about a sin being a sin nature. In other words, it's, it's something that's been in me, something that's working in me. But the Bible says that because of Jesus, the sin that was controlling me and living in me and causing me to live that way, that sin nature has been put to death. It no longer has any control over you. The only thing, listen, this is higher, higher thoughts. The only control that it has over you is the things that you remember of the past. The sin nature does not have a tomorrow voice or a today voice. It only has a yesterday memory because it's dead. Someone says, Pastor, you know, I have this sin. I mean, this sin has me. This sin has me. This sin. No, sin no longer has you. You've been set free by the blood of the Lamb. Now, if you are remembering the things of the past and you are still acting as if those things have control over you, that, that's a dead thing trying to control you. But you have power over it through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Sin is actually, sin is like a person. But the person is dead. Well, Pastor, you know, I'm dealing with the sin of, 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 of pornography. No, the pornography is dead. The sin of, of lust, it's dead. The sin of fear, the sin of unforgiveness. No, those things are dead. That's why they're dead works. They're dead. Sin, sin, sin was killed through Jesus Christ in your life. The moment you believe the blood of Jesus was paid for the price for sin to be killed out of your life. Now, the works of sin is something different. But the control of sin is no longer upon your life. That's why the Bible says in every temptation, God will give you a way out. You know, it's very difficult to think about Jesus and fall into fornication. It's very difficult to walk in darkness when the lights are on. Are you with me today? And so here the scripture says that we are free. Say, I'm free. That's why the, the very first scripture says, now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. In other words, you are no longer condemned to hell. Well, Pastor, I, I messed up. I fell into a sin. There's no condemnation. In other words, the Holy Spirit will not condemn you. The Holy Spirit does not condemn us. But the Holy Spirit convicts us. Everybody say conviction. Again, conviction. What does the Holy Spirit do? He says, don't do that. We don't do that. We don't do that. That's not who we are. Don't go off and do those things. We don't do it. Don't say that. We don't say that. The Holy Spirit was saying, don't be around those people. Those are not the kind of people you should be around. Because they are lovers of themselves, they are workers of iniquity, but you have been bought with the price of the blood of Jesus. You've been set free by the blood of the Lamb. Don't go that direction, go this direction. And the Spirit of God will tell you what needs to change. The Spirit of God will, will, will convict you. There's some things that, listen, 
Someone says, well, pastor, is this a sin if I do this? Why are you asking me? Well, pastor, is this a sin? You know, why are you asking me? I'm not your judge. Let the word judge you. Let the Holy Spirit convict you. But the Holy Spirit will never condemn you. You're not condemned to, to hell. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are children of Almighty God. Your name is written in heaven. And so what the Holy Spirit is doing is he's training you. He's raising you up. Say, I'm being raised by the power of the Holy Ghost to walk like Jesus, to talk like Jesus, to act like Jesus, so that the things of Jesus, say, so the things of Jesus can be revealed through me. That's the price for the glory. Not my life, but yours. Not my ways, but yours. Well, Pastor, can, can, I, can I still go to heaven and, and, and smoke weed? <laughs> yes, but you'll bring nobody with you. Yes, but you will never bring the glory, of God, glory to God. See, the thing that, the, the question I ask you again, do you love Jesus enough to live for him? Because some people will look at their sin and they take, they take that sin as an identity or they take that, you know, and well, there's nothing wrong with it. Don't try to convince me. That's not my issue. I don't have, look, why are you asking me? Your heart convicts you already. There's a conviction of heart. Well, I don't believe that. You have to do it. No, 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 no. Why are you trying to change? Are you, waiting, are you waiting for me to come up here and be a promoter of whatever life you want to live? There's only one life I promote, and that's living for Jesus. That's it. Living for Jesus. And Jesus uses all sorts of characters and all sorts of, of bodies, all sorts of paths, all sorts of, of things. He uses them all for the glory of God. But are, do you love Jesus enough to live for him? To walk away from the thing that you've been serving, that the Holy Spirit has brought conviction to your heart about, to walk away from that so that you could be a revealer of the glory of God. Do you love him enough for that? Is he worthy enough for that? For what he's done for you? And the reason why people get unsatisfied in their walk with God is because they've never fully lived for him. So because, since they don't see the glory of God everywhere they go, they don't, they, don't, they don't, listen, Jesus wants to give you miracles every single day flowing through your life. There are testimonies that are waiting for you to take. God, the Holy Spirit, wants to work through your life where you'll lay hands on the sick and see them recover, where people who are possessed by devils, those devils will be cast down, and that person will be set free. Those that are lost will come into the kingdom of God. There's, there's an anointing, there are, there's glory ahead waiting for you, but it's impossible for you to live for that and still live for that. So if you want the glory of God to be revealed, you want your city to be changed, your community to be blessed, the curses of sin and death be broken off of people's lives, you have to walk away from that to follow him. Amen. Hallelujah.
The Holy Spirit is the life-giving spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit is the life-giving spirit. So what did he do? He, he, leads, he leads you. He leads you into victory. Amen. Say the Holy Spirit will lead me into victory. He'll lead you into freedom. Amen. How's he do it? He, bring, he, he begins to convict you. He'll say, don't do that. That's not what we do. And then he'll give you correction. Go this way. Don't go that way. He begins to stir up your heart. As long as you're following the Holy Ghost, he will lead you. He'll lead you into freedom. He'll lead you into victory. Amen. But you have to follow the Holy Ghost. That's why most people, they only experience God when they're in need or when they got problems and, and they get a miracle. Thank God for those things. But you should be walking with the Holy Ghost all the time so he can lead you and change you and, and shape you into the image of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 5, Romans chapter 8, verse 5, says, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit thinks about things that please the Spirit. Say, I think about things that please the Spirit. Verse 6, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But, le but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Life and peace. Verse 7, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. So how do I make my spirit stronger than my flesh? How do I make my walk with God stronger than me living for the temptations of the world? Amen? Pinch your neighbor say, wake up. Because we're talking to the spirit. We're not talking to the flesh. Hey, man, Apostle Paul had, a, had an issue with that. There was a man listening to him that was sitting on, like, the, the top row, and he fell down to his death. Apostle Paul kept on preaching, and afterwards he raised him to the dead, you know, from the dead. <laughs> Thank God nobody's sitting on the, on the top row today, you know. Hallelujah. So how do we make our spirit man stronger than our flesh? Let me share this story that I heard that I thought was really good. This uh, farmer... You know, in the older days, he, he would go into the village, and he would always have two dogs. And he would have a, a fight. He would allow those dogs to fight, and they would, they would bet to see who would win. And the farmer would always bring his two dogs, and he would say, okay, this one's going to win. He would put all his money, and he would win, you know. And then the next week, he would say, the other one's going to win. That one will win. And, and so finally, the people got angry, and they said, hey, hey, how do you always know which dog is going to win? And the farmer says, well, that's, that's very easy. Um, the one that I want to win, I feed. And the one that I don't want to win, I don't feed. That's the way it is with our spirit and our flesh. If you walk in the spirit and you, you surround yourself with the things of the spirit, it becomes strong. But if you walk in the flesh and you surround yourself with things of the flesh, it becomes strong. Whatever you want to grow, feed it. Whatever you want to die, starve it. Amen. 
I see some people that get so excited about God, and they're here every service. They're always here praying. They're spending time in the presence of the Lord. They're listening to the word. They're, they're worshiping God. Everything about them is the things of God, not the things of this world. What are they doing? They're strengthening themselves in the Lord. And the things of the flesh no longer become a temptation to them. Amen? And that's what we have to do. We have to feed our spirit. The world wants us, listen, understand this. There are some things changing in our society that we are being programmed, we are being trained to walk according to the flesh so that nothing of the spirit matters to you anymore. They want to give you, they want to make your flesh the source of your provision. They want to make the flesh the source of your peace, but it never will provide for you and it'll never give you the peace that God could give to you. What you need is found in the presence of the Lord. What you need is found in the Spirit of God, not in the things of the flesh. So we need to feed our spirit, man. We need to stay, get strong in the Lord. Hear the Word of God. Speak the Word of God. Feed on the Word of God. So that we become so strong in Him. It doesn't matter what the enemy might throw our way. Our victory is in Christ Jesus. Our hope, our life, our victory is in Christ Jesus. I believe God is going to reveal his glory greatly through your life. There's no limit what God could do. But are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to die to who you are so that you can live for him? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The last thing I want to share with you is bring every weakness before the Lord. We don't become an, a denier of the things that, that are operating or trying to tempt us to walk away from God. Bring every weakness before the Lord. What you hide from God, God cannot deal with it. But what you bring before him, he can. If you'll come before the Lord and say, Lord, there's some areas of my life that need to change. I want to live for you. I ask you to give me freedom in this area. He'll begin to do a work in your life. And you might say, well, pastor, I've done that for many years. I've done that for a lot of time. Are you still breathing? Yes. God is still perfecting you. He's making you stronger than you were yesterday. But don't allow that life to be your identity. Don't allow that thing that's, that, that's been like a, like a thorn in, in your side to be your identity. Jesus has given you freedom, and whom the Son says free is free indeed. Amen? That is how you pay the price for the glory of God. And the glory of God is well worth it. So that the world will see Jesus through you. That they won't see you, but they see Jesus through you. And all glory, all honor belongs to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you receive that word today? Amen. Can we give God praise? Amen. Stand up on your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Close your eyes for a moment. It all starts with salvation. It all starts with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. 
There are many here that you might have many things that have been going on in your life, some areas that you need Jesus to heal. Maybe there's a, a, there's a, a need that is really weighing upon you that, that you need a Savior. But Jesus doesn't just want to help you in one area. He wants to save you completely. There's no reason why anyone here should have to die not knowing that Jesus is Lord over their life. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. In John 3, 16, the Bible says that God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You might be here today and you know that you're not ready for heaven, that if Jesus were to come today, you would not be welcome because you never surrendered your life to God. You've never believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. But today is a day of salvation. I preach to you the good news that you don't have to die in your sins but you could be set free by the blood of the lamb I preach to you the good news that God loves you and that he didn't send the Holy Spirit to come to condemn you but he brought the Spirit of God to change you into the image of Christ you could have a new life you could be born again you could become a child of God that wherever you go the glory of God will be revealed in your life just like God has used me and even greater wherever you go the, the works of the devil will be broken and the love of God will show up in that place if you'll surrender your life to him and you begin to live for him it it takes absolute surrender absolute surrender he loves you Jesus died on the cross for you you could be born again but you need to have faith in him if that's you today and you want to give your life to Jesus when I count to three lift up your right hand and we will pray the prayer of faith together. You'll be born again. Your sins will be forgiven. Your name will be written in heaven. And the Holy Spirit will come and live inside of you and begin to change your life. He's done it for me. He did it for my father. And now he wants to do it for you. If that's you, my friend, when I count to three, lift up, lift up your right hand and we will pray. Maybe you have given your heart to God, but you, you, want to, you want to confess your sins. There's something that has kept you back from God's love. and Today you know you're not right with God. You want to repent and come back to your first love. The Bible says if you will confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive you every single time and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's the Holy Spirit working on the inside of you. You can repent. You can come on back to God. He's never stopped loving you. He's never changed. Come on back to your first love. If that's you, my friend, and you want to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ, when I count to three, lift up your right hand, and we'll pray together. One prayer for those that are giving their life to Jesus and for those that are coming back to him and rededicating their life. Today's the day of salvation. Don't let it wait any longer. At this moment, when I count to three, if that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus or rededicate your life, lift up your right hand. One, two, three. Lift it up wherever you're at. God bless you. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For those souls coming to the kingdom, for those lives that are rededicated, back to you, Lord. I want to ask everyone to lift up your hands to heaven as we pray together as a family. Say this prayer out loud with me. Lord Jesus, 
forgive me of all my sins. Come inside my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I want to live for you. I thank you for saving my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Teach me your ways. I love you, Lord, and I want to serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that I'm born again, and I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name, I am saved. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, by the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, I am changed. Again, by the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, I am changed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we lift up our hands to heaven? Just begin to worship the Lord. We worship you, Lord. In your own words, just begin to worship God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What you can't do by yourself, the Spirit of God will help you. The Spirit of God will help you. You're not alone. Thank you, Lord. You said, Lord Jesus, that you will not leave us orphans, but you send another, the comforter, the counselor. You said that when he comes, he will take the things of you and show it to us. Thank you, Lord, that wherever your spirit is, that's where you are. That's where your people are. Thank you, Lord. Come on, worship him, worship him, worship him. In your own words, worship him. We love you, Lord Jesus. We glorify you. Lift up your hands to heaven. Say this out loud with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. Lord, I give you permission to change me, to shape me, to mold me into the image of Christ. Use me for your glory, Lord. Use me for your glory, Lord. Teach me your ways. I commit myself to you. In Jesus' name. Now let me pray over you, Father. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for the freedom that we have. Holy Spirit, I ask you to lead your people to direct their steps, to mold them and shape them, where they become an enemy of the things that do not please you. And they become a doer of the things that do that does please you, Lord. That through their life, your glory will reign. That miracles, signs and wonders, salvation will flow through their life. And that the way of the Lord will be proclaimed. Lord, use your people to bring healing and change to this world. That we will always live in the truth and not in the lie. That we're not the broken, but we're strong in the Lord. I bless your people right now. And we thank you, Father God, that new things are gonna take place. 
that the world will see a change in us and it will be it'll bring you glory so father i pray your blessing over every person with the sound of my voice spirit of god direct their steps and may your glory be revealed day by day in jesus mighty name in jesus mighty name hallelujah Irma, let me pray for you.